are looking alive on a Monday. Boy, is it Monday. Boy, are you alive. My name is Clint Betts. Uh, we've got such a great show planned today. It's going to blow your mind what we've got going on here. Kelly wrote the whole show. Yeah. I've not looked at this piece of paper yet. Um, we will see what happens. And also we've learned who, uh, from Politus, Papa P, as a lot of you call him, uh, our editor and uh, publisher and wizard uh, behind newsroom.siliconslopes.com that today is the shortest day of sunshine. Is that what you were saying, Papa P? It's my understanding. Yeah, tomorrow winter begins. And starting tomorrow, the days in North America start to get a little bit longer every day. So in honor of that, I'm in an Aloha shirt. You're in the Aloha shirt. You're in your basement where you kill animals. <laughs> Stop and skin it. them alive. <laughs> Who knows terrible. where you are right now? Yeah, exactly. I'm in my bedroom. So <laughs> this is where I live. This is where I spend the most of my life. <laughs> Thank you for disrespecting. All right, let's go to the first story that Kelly wrote. Papa P, I'll bring you in as needed. Uh, oh, I love this story. Did you watch the PNC championship at all uh, yesterday, Papa P? The PNC championship? Yeah. You're not talking about UFC. No. 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 no I did not watch the PNC. <laughs> That'd be so cool if I was. Well, you see that big UFC fight? That was crazy. So I was watching this uh, throughout the weekend. Uh, the PNC Championship is uh, like a father-son or family tournament uh, in golf. Uh, Charlie Woods and Tiger Woods stole the show. They didn't win. They took second. The Dailies, John Daly and his son, and his son looks exactly like John Daly, just this big old mammoth of a dude. Did you guys see the picture with John Daly smoking a cigarette oh, on yeah. 18 right before he wins? Oh, yeah. <laughs> just like, whatever we want to do, we do. We're Daly's. <laughs> Uh, we got the Daly family crest. Uh, the Daly's won, but uh, of course, whenever Tiger steps on a golf course, which he hasn't done since his accident, it's the whole story. Um, but randomly, that wasn't. No. The whole story was <laughs> his son is so good. He's twelve at golf. years old. Charlie Woods, this twelve-year-old boy, could beat people that I know in my life who have played golf their entire li life. Chris Rawl, there's a guy named Jordan Rogers I was texting throughout the weekend who's a great golfer, one of the best golfers in the state of Utah. I bet Charlie Woods could beat Ryan Smith, who I know is a great golfer. I mean, there are some great golfers who have golfed their entire life that I know personally, who when I text them and ask them if they could beat Charlie Woods, they all said no. <laughs> like dead serious. They could not beat this kid uh, who is unbelievable. Didn't they have like, how many birdies straight did they have? Eleven. They had 11 birdies straight. They had an opportunity to win it. They missed one birdie, and then they just parred the 18th. Who cares, though? Like, it's not a real... I think you win, like, some WWE belt Yeah, type of you a win thing. belts and a $200,000 prize. Yeah, and Charlie Woods does not need $200,000. And Tiger, does Tiger Woods is, does, does not need any amount of money. Um, but it was so cool watching this kid. This kid, Charlie Woods... Uh, I guess the question for this segment is, will Charlie Woods be better than Tiger? Maybe we should prep a little bit. I'm going in completely cold here. 
Uh, I don't know if he's going to be better than Tiger. Tiger's the greatest golfer of all time. I don't even think it's close. Um, but he has every reason to be. His dad's freaking Tiger Woods. What do you think, Papa P? What I've seen of the kid play from the time he was like six or seven, it's just like crazy. Uh, but winning begets winning. And excellent coaching is part of what transforms people. It's one of the things that uh, Malcolm Gladwell discovered in his book, Outliers, is that the younger a player can start in any given sport or endeavor, and the more coaching they can get and the better competition they get, if they have any skill set at all, the better they will get. And so I think that's part of what we're seeing here with Tiger's kid. He's just getting better and better. He's getting great coaching, clearly. What do you think about what do you think Malcolm Gladwell would say about somebody whose dad was Tiger Woods? Like you're like you do all of that, yes. But then yeah. your dad is Tiger. Like the genes are just like you can't. Genetics are a crazy thing. They are. They are a crazy thing. And uh, from that standpoint, we've seen it in multiple disciplines, um, but it's not a guarantee. And I think specifically in the area of business, there have been a lot of um, very successful, mostly business when, men. this is not a slam against other genders, this is just the reality. And their sons have gone on to be slubs, right? Just like schlubs. They're just because they don't need to push, they don't have the drive and because things are always handed to them. Yeah, and but business doesn't take talent. No, we're well, talking like sports or like like you, like your genes. You're a great like on-air personality and your daughter has gone on to be an even better on-air personality than you. Yeah. Yeah, and it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with her. But um She's got your genes. Well, she does. Genetics are a thing, man. They they are a thing, but they're not This a turns genetic. into a Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> Jeez, come on. <laughs> what do you think about Gene, dude? Are you, you saying that I lately? look like Joe Rogan with a little bit of hair I've got here? That's Isn't so Joe Rogan always talking about genetics? Oh, man, genetics are crazy. That's just what I imagine he talks about. I, I think that uh, it'll be very, very fascinating to see how Tiger Woods Jr., and I'm saying that on purpose. His name's quotes. Charlie. I know, but I, I think it's funnier to say Tiger Woods Jr. I think it'll be very interesting to see what happens and how he does. We see that in college sports all the time. Um, here locally, we see that with players at both University of Utah, Brigham Young University, a little bit of Utah State University where um, their father or father and mother or their mother played collegiate sports and then their children go on to play collegiate sports as well. Can they make it at the highest level of professional sports? That's TBD. Hmm. My kids have no chance. I have no discernible skill. No, same here. Whatsoever. Well, certainly not on a on a. I don't play basketball, for example. Surprised I referee basketball, right? And you know, so you look like a baller. I'm surprised you don't play. No, I play, but I don't play basketball. I suck at basketball. I could see you shooting from deep at the rec center. I really could. Just draining threes. Pop a pee for another three. <laughs> Now, if you said setting a volleyball or digging a volleyball, yeah, you'd be correct. So, Whoa, yeah. just jumping out the rafters, spiking it down. Bam. Yeah, All right. Uh, you put yeah. out a piece just before we went on air. Uh, we should talk we about it, about Danny Ainge being the 
missing puzzle piece for our beloved Utah Jazz who have never won an NBA championship. Um, and it's really starting to hurt. Uh, this yeah. team, like, I, I I mean, we go on this an incredible winning streak, eight-game winning streak, and then we lose to the Spurs and the Wizards. This team is cursed. Let's just say it. No. But you think Danny Ainge is like the missing piece, and he'll he's going to break the curse? Well, look, it clearly you don't win championships in the management suite. Where you win championships, of course, is on the court. But it's you know, as I you know teased in the headline, there is no I in team. Um, the reality is, is you win as a team. However, of all the team sports. I believe that basketball is the sport where the addition of one player can actually make a dramatic difference and change you from a, an also-ran to a contender and change a contender to a championship-level team. I think Danny Ainge is that guy. And the reason why, it, there's, there's two different lines of thought that kind well, of he's not a player for me. We're not well, getting he's Danny not just Ainge been a player. player. I mean, let's be serious. If you go back, I mean, Danny and I overlapped while we were at BYU. I never knew him. Um, we never played against each other. One among other things, I'm not at that level. But the dude was All-American, three-sport, high school player out of Oregon. Baseball, basketball, <laughs> and football. The dude is a competitor. And he chose basketball. He was... Um, all everything in NCAA during his four years at BYU went on and won two NBA championships with the Boston Celtics and then came back after coaching for a while, ended up going to management and won an NBA championship at the Boston Celtics in part because of this massive trade he made when Paul Pierce started complaining after they had the second worst record in their entire franchise history. Listen, I hate the team you're talking about more than any team in the history of the I, league. I get it because you're a you're an LA guy. That specific end, team was so freaking I, dumb, and they wouldn't have won that 2008 championship had Andrew Bynum been healthy. I'll tell you that much right now, because the I next year know. rematch, Kobe beats them. By the way, when you said there's is, no I in team, Kobe used to say there, yeah, there's no I in team, but there is an me. <laughs> Legendary quote anyway, from Kobe they bring in Garnett, they bring in um Ray, Ray Allen, Allen, and they go on and they they win in six, right? They win in six. And so from that standpoint, um Ainge has won at every single level of basketball. And the guy's a killer. I mean, a stone face killer. He will do whatever's necessary within the law, within morals. Within the law. To win. <laughs> to win. To win. Right? And um, that then dovetails because it ain't uh, if he didn't care about the law. He's like, I don't care about legal risks. Yeah, yeah. I care about anything. But we're gonna I, win. I think, I think the ownership group behind the Utah Jazz does matter, does care about that. But it dovetails very nicely with something that I remember experiencing about 15, 20 years ago. I'm driving north from Provo up to our home uh, then in Sandy. I'm listening to 1280 The Zone, 97.5 The Zone, the sports talk radio station here in town. And Larry H. Miller is on. He's being interviewed, if I recall correctly, by Gordon Monson, one of the top sports writers and columnist and opinion 
guys in the state of Utah. This is so cool. I've never heard of anything you're saying right now. It's okay. And he's interviewing Larry. And it was, Larry came on regularly. Like once a month, he would come on on 97.5. And in the course of talking, one of the conversation points that came up was the luxury tax. And he was asked, what do you think about the luxury tax? And the upshot of the conversation was, Larry said, we will never pay luxury tax as the Utah Jazz, ever, ever. <laughs> and it was at that point, besides trying to avoid running off the side of the road, that I said, oh, as long as Larry's in charge, the Jazz are never going to win a championship. Because if there is a sport where you need three players almost every single time to win an NBA championship in the modern era, it is that, and it almost always takes paying the luxury tax or being willing to pay the luxury tax to make that happen. So as good as Carl and John were, they couldn't get that third player to push them over the level. And I believe that was because the Jazz were not willing at that time to pay the luxury tax. The Jazz paid the luxury tax today. And on top of that, now have Brian Smith, who knows how to build a winning team, who knows that it's not just him. He's built an amazing team around him inside of Qualtrics. In fact, has then stepped away from day to day. Qualtrics has a new CEO running the team. Quinn Snyder is, I believe, one of the smartest coaches, period, in basketball across the planet. The dude's an attorney. Most people don't know that, but he's an attorney. <laughs> Zanuck. He got his sharp management. legal mind. He does. And being attorney, unless, you know, unless you're working through some I actually didn't know that. I learned that yeah. today, right now, from <laughs> Papa B. I didn't know he was an attorney. The dude is smart. To get in law school takes real smarts. He got that while he was coaching, which is crazy as well. And then now you add Danny Ainge on top of it. Look, we've already got Rudy Gobert. We've already got, you know, Donovan Mitchell. I think that some of the trades made in the offseason are pretty crazy with Hassan Whiteside, with Rudy Gay coming on board to go along with the Aussie and with JC and the other players, uh, I mean, let alone our point guard. I think we've got a really interesting team today. I think if we're going to go for the gusto this year, there'll be some trades that need to be made before the trade deadline. My expectation is we're talking two to three years from now. I think we have a real shot to win an NBA championship in part because Danny Ainge has been the missing piece and he's now part of Utah Jazz. That's cool. That's so. very cool. They are currently number three in the West. Uh, the Suns are playing really well. Uh, Warriors are playing really well. But the Jazz have been playing well, and then you lose to the freaking Spurs and the Wizards. It's so dis- Who did it they happens. play tonight? Uh, Hornets. They played the Hornets, and we'll probably lose the Hornets. Hayward's back. <laughs> Hayward will probably drop 50 on us. Very Don't sad. talk to me about that, that follower of Satan. So, anyway. You hate Gordon Hayward? You hate Gordon Hayward. Man, if Gordon Hayward would have stayed... That would have been would, so good. No, no. Hayward was never the missing piece. Are you kidding me? The guy's not even close to being a pasty gangster like John Stockton was. The guy doesn't have the killer instinct. He doesn't. Sorry. <laughs> Why are you apologizing to me? I'm not related to him. All right, let's move on. That was interesting analysis. I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know a lot of that stuff, actually. I didn't know. Like, you mentioned some people I don't know. Um, Larry H. Miller, who, uh, he, I gotta give him some, 
uh, leeway, he owned a f- some used car dealerships, and he managed to buy the Utah Jazz and turn it into, I think, one of the best franchises ever. And mm-hmm. his um, his wife did an incredible job. So um, Larry H. Miller's a legend in the state I of agree. Utah. We no don't question. have the Utah Jazz without that guy. Um, so uh, let's move on. Utah's unemployment record's at a record low. What do you think about that? It's a problem. And I don't know how we fix it. We're not going to go and bring people in from, you know, South America or Central America. That's just not going to happen. Right? I, I don't know. That's a crazy <laughs> statement. I have no idea. Are we going <laughs> to... I didn't even know that was on the table. I don't even know what that means. But sure, I guess we're prop. What did you say? From what countries? South America or Central America? It's not going to happen. We're not bringing them in from Iraq or Iran. I mean, the in spite of what Biden has done to, you know, changing what Trump put in place, it's crazy. I I, I don't think we're going to see anytime soon the unemployment rate in Utah, let alone the country change short of knuckleheads, idiots flying planes into buildings again. It's, you know, we're, our economy is just roaring along. We're at 2.2% unemployment, I think for the second month in a row. It's insane what's happening here in Utah. So. Yeah. So you don't think it's a good thing? (laughs) Well, sure. If you're looking for a job, you're willing to change jobs, you can make more money, right? If you're willing to hop jobs, it's hard for the companies. They have to pay more money, right? And there's work that could be done that's not being filled. And the state economist uh, is saying, well, it's because we've got 16,000 people that are not working, that used to be working before the you know COVID hit. It's like, it's not 16,000 people. There's probably close to 50,000 jobs available right now in the state of Utah. It's not about the 16,000 people who decided not to go back to work. It's not that. We just need more people. So We're not going to get them from Central They're America. not coming across from Mexico. Or South they're America. Not, or South yeah, America. Or, yeah, they're going to start. I, didn't know. I don't know what there. that means still, but I like okay. it. Uh, all right. So, uh, Papa P, there was a viral blizzard. Michael... Osterholm. Oster, how do I Osterholm? say that? Osterholm? Osterholm. He's the director of the Center for Infectious Disease Research and Policy at the University of Minnesota. Whoa. He told okay. CNN that the Omicron variant will strike millions of people pretty soon. Oh, I thought I was going to see like a storm, like snow blizzard. We're talking about Omicron. Yeah. Is that how you say it? Omicron? Oh, it's spelled. Omicron. Okay, you sound Whatever like you, you you're working with uh, some type of a uh, what's the right term I'm looking for? Uh, I a don't superhero know. Don't say movie, it. a superhero movie. Oh, Omicron. Okay. Uh, here's this quote from Michael Osterholm. He says, "We're really just about to experience a viral blizzard. In the next three to eight weeks, we're going to see millions of Americans are going to be infected with the virus, and that will overlaid on top of Delta." That will be overlaid on top of Delta. And we're not yet sure exactly how that's going to work out. Um, so, and then uh, in the discussion points that Kelly wrote, she said, recent research suggests Omicron leads to less severe COVID-19 symptoms compared to previous strains, 
the Omicron variant has been shown to lead to fewer hospitalizations, too. So we're on the verge of a viral blizzard, according to Michael Ostersom, who's at the center of a way long title at the University of uh, uh, Minnesota. What are your thoughts on this? Can you, Papa P? Favor, can you can you bring the quote back up? Real quick? Yeah, bring the quote back up. Well, I was going to say that, Wesley. Bring the quote back up. Let's let's take a good look at that. Yeah, there you go. So what is it that Michael's predicting? Because I read this and I'm like, yeah, what are you prophesying? Because I don't see that he's actually prophesying anything except, okay, they're going to be infected. What does that mean? Does that mean we're going to have... I think it just means they're going to be infected. Well, okay, great. That means they're going to get a sniffle? Does that mean they're going to end up in the hospital? What does that mean? He's like, he's like, holding out this tantalizing carrot to try to scare people and it's like he's got a whack-a-mole out there but he's not hitting anything what's he saying i think he's just saying that a lot of people are going to get it right okay yeah but what's the point in oh what's the point in saying what's the point oh what's the point it's i don't know i mean you you start getting into that detail what's the point of anything (laughs) right aren't you reading a research paper Right. You're reading there's a research paper. They're just going to say that. Right. Uh, millions of people to get the flu this year. Yeah, he says uh, they're about been, to. This thing's really going to go crazy. Uh, millions of Americans are going to be infected. We're all going to get COVID nineteen. Have we all accepted that? Everyone is it. going to get it. I've had it. How did it work out for you? Still alive? Uh, sick of a, as a dog, but it was back in January of 2019 after I went to the CES trade show. You know, 165,000 of my closest <laughs> friends were there. And I come home and like, I'm sick for 10 days. My wife gets it. And, and I'm like, there's, you know, 15,000 people from China that are there. Gee, guess what happened? Right? I got sick. Okay, fine. But now I'm vaccinated up. I'll probably get a booster over the holiday weekends and I'll be fine. Right? I mean, I hope. I don't know. I hope. Exactly. Right. I don't I'm know. This Michael, this Michael Alterson says, uh, we're about to experience a viral blizzard. Did yeah. you see the, there was something that Joe Biden put out over the weekend. He said, hey, for everybody who's vaccinated, you're going to be fine. If you're not vaccinated, you're going to die. Yeah. And this is going to be a tough, like this Game of Thrones style, like the winter is going to be rough for you unvaccinated. Yeah. Don't, don't get me started about President Biden. God. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Another uh, sports story. Taysom Hill, who has been starting for the Saints as of late, uh, former BYU quarterback. We have three Utah quarterbacks. Zach Wilson, uh, Taysom Hill. Who's the third? Huntley. Huntley, who played at the U, right? Yeah. And then you had Jordan Love play a game for the Packers. Packers. Who was at Utah State. We're really a football state. The football state in the whole country. Quarterback. Utah. Yeah, Utah's the football state. Yeah, that's right. Um, Taysom Hill uh, shut out Tom Brady, who everybody says is the greatest of all time. But maybe now we should start talking about Taysom Hill in that discussion. Yeah, not not so fast. At least second greatest of all time, Taysom Hill. He, he shut out the greatest. So I don't know. He what had that nothing to do with shutting out Tom Brady. It's the first time in 15 years that Tom Brady has been shut out, and only the third time in his career. Taysom Hill went for a healthy 13. 27 for 154 yards. 
and the Saints scored on three field goals. Yeah, 13 of 27 is not healthy. It's that's less a, than 50%. That's the that's greatest good, Saints quarterback of all time. Let's at least say that. God. Who knows Drew Brees? You're going to tell me Drew Brees was better? He never shut up, uh, yeah. Tom Brady. <laughs> right? Did you look at his no, stats last night? No, he did not. Night? Then again, he never played, never played defense either. Here's Tom Brady doing something to technology that no one should do. Oh, my God. Look, he's not a respecter of technology. He doesn't respect technology like we do at Silicon Slopes. First of all, we wouldn't have Surface Pros. Microsoft Surface. We'd have iPads, <laughs> like normal people. But beyond that, even if I did have a nice Surface Pro sponsored by the NFL, I would not throw it and break it. Uh, you've spilled a coffee or two on your MacBook there, bud. But yeah, I would accidentally break it for sure. <laughs> but I wouldn't on purpose break it. That's my point. Uh, all right, what else do you got? Anything else for us before we leave, Papa P? No, just... Um... You know, Merry Christmas a couple of days early, but yeah. Yeah, we'll uh, see you on Wednesday. You don't need to say that yet. Yeah, well, I'll still say it anyway. All right, you know, yeah, I mean, Hanukkah. it is Merry Christmas week. Happy Kwanzaa, you know, all yeah. of that. So. Yeah, Hanukkah, all, all the things. Uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas. Christmas is this Saturday. I love yeah. when Christmas is on a weekend. Really cool. As a yeah. kid, though, you'd want it to be like on a Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, You know. then you get... The whole next yeah, then you get everything off. But as an adult male, give me Saturday or Sunday. I don't want to miss any work. I got work to do. Uh, all right. Thanks for coming on, Papa B. Thank all of you for watching. Signing off for Kelly Jensen and Weston Tanner. My name is Clint Betts, and this has been another episode of Silicon Slopes Live.